Welcome to The Pew, the place where everyday guys talk about everyday things in front of the one person who can do something about it, Jesus Christ. Now here's your host, just a guy in the pew, John Edwards. Welcome back to The Pew, everybody. I am your host, John Edwards, and here to the left of me, as always, is my co-host and cohort, Victor Adams. John, how's it going? It's good, man. We survived the uh, storm, Tornado 2021, and here in Memphis, and, uh, you know, weather was going off crazy last night till three in the morning. I had five eight-year-olds over for a slumber party. It was like the apocalypse. All yeah. Happening. <laughs> a lot going on in those hours. Yeah. yeah, it was crazy last night. And I want to take a minute. I know there's a lot of damage in, in Kentucky and in mm-hmm. some areas of Arkansas and Tennessee. And just uh, we're praying for those families. I know there's a lot of damage in Kentucky. So um, for those of you that may be listening that lost something or, or lost a loved one or had damage, we obviously, you know, I joked about the tornado, but we feel for the mm-hmm. for everything that's going on with you and, and for the – damage there so please know that you're in our prayers um but yeah it's it's been crazy man it's in the middle of advent we're almost to christmas there's all of this stuff going on and and you know last week we did the episode uh, about advent mm-hmm. uh you know what is advent all about you know answering a question from one of the listeners and there was a follow-up this week to that where somebody was talking about man there's you always hear about waiting in advent and and periods of waiting and you know, what's with all the waiting, basically? So it's been fun to kind of answer some of these questions, and we're going to address that one today. You know, before we get started, I want to remind everybody that coming up in February, February 4th through the 6th, we're having our first Just a Guy in the Pew restored in-person live retreat. So that is happening here in our hometown of Memphis at Our Lady Queen of Peace uh, Retreat Center in Danceyville, Tennessee. It's about 40 miles to the east of Memphis. A uh, really beautiful facility, 130 acres. It's a really mm-hmm. neat place to go for a retreat. We, You and I have been to Curcio there and other yeah. things out there. But, guys, this is a week that we built because, quite honestly, a lot of you asked for it. A weekend, excuse me, not a week. But a lot of you asked for it and said you want to get together with some of the other guys from around the country and spend some time just going through what we're talking about here and having that time to get away for a couple of days. You know, it's we don't often retreat in our lives. And that, that's why I love the word retreat is just to kind of come back into – a time period of closing off everything else and focusing on the Lord and focusing on growing spiritually. And so that's what we're going to do. But it's not just going to be about that. We're going to have great talks. I'm going to give some talks. I don't know if those will be great, but I know Deacon Jeffs will be good. So he's going to be giving a talk. Father Gio's going to be there doing his Healing Holy Hour. We're going to have mass, adoration. We're going to have social hour stuff, bonfires, cigars, all kind of cool stuff. So if you're interested in this at all, you can sign up by going to justagownthepew.com, going to the events, book me page. There in the middle of the page is a section on a retreat. Just click it. You can fill everything out. You're going to get a lot of stuff too. Like you're going to get a custom t-shirt for that um, retreat that it's a, you know, it's just for that retreat. So it's going to be like an original, if you will, that you'll get for going. There's other stuff you're going to get and it's just going to be a great weekend. So it's the, the cost on it right now is 350 bucks. That covers your food all weekend long and they make great food out there. Mm-hmm. Like they've always had good food. Um, you're going to have your own room to stay in. And, um, and then we're going to have just a, a great weekend. So, you know, I hope you guys will sign up. I hope you'll come, uh, you'll fly into Memphis or you'll drive into Danceyville, no matter where you, you know, how, I don't know where you're coming from, but those are the options, but it's going to be a great weekend. And I hope you guys will consider joining us. The registration dollar amount is going to go up in January to 400 bucks. So if you're going to register, go ahead and do that now. And so we can start looking at who's coming and just starting getting everything ready. Reserves, so reserve the spots. Yep, yeah. reserving the spots. Yeah. That's exactly right. Victor, you'll be there. David will be there. There's a lot of guys you guys have heard us talking about that'll be there too. Um, 
Next thing I want to talk about, parish missions and men's groups. Our calendar for the first part of the year is filling up. We're going to do two missions a month, a couple of men's conferences in there. You can check the website to see where we're going to be, if it's around you and your area. I know we're going to Minneapolis and up to Dubuque, Iowa, and uh, over in Missouri. We're going to a couple different places that I can think of off off the top of my head in the next two months. But, you know, these parish missions are, are fun. I love to go in and talk about restoring your identity, you know, telling my conversion story, talking about restoring our identity, and then talking about the most important thing, our relationship with Jesus and how to develop that. And while we're doing that, we start men's groups in those parishes. Men's groups like we've talked about, Victor, they're, you know, authentic and vibrant and based on vulnerability and a place where men can leave the mask at the door and really be themselves and find what a lot of us are looking for, whether we admit it or not, which is, you know, brothers to walk through life with, mm-hmm. a place just to be ourselves. So that's what we're doing. We're going and starting those and helping them get into the narrow road materials and and just helping guys walk towards virtue and holiness with brothers alongside of them. So if you're interested in that, you can go again to the Book Me page, and down at the bottom is a spot where you can fill out a short form, let us know what you're thinking, and then we'll work to try to come to your area and help do all of that. Uh, It is one of my favorite things to do now, and I think it's what the Lord's really calling me to do, is to go and start these men's groups that will last across the country. Um, again, I want to remind everybody of the pilgrimage in 2023 with Father Larry Richards. Uh, I got an update. There are people signing up for this thing. Father started um, sharing it a couple of days. I think it was yesterday was when he shared it on his official page. But there's been just a, an uptick in signups because you know he's Good. pretty yeah. known and popular yeah. and people like him. So um, that pilgrimage is filling up. I'm excited to go. Uh, I'm really excited to walk in the footsteps of Christ. So I invite anybody, if you've never been to the Holy Land and you wanted to go, Father Larry and I are going to have a great time. We're going to make sure you do too. And we're going to learn all about just what Jesus did and where he did it. And and to walk in those places is going to be amazing. So come with us. If you've ever thought about it, you can sign up for that again too at the book me page. That's where everything is. All three of the things we've talked about here. Finally, the narrow road. Guys, we have more men signing up each and every month. It's, you know, I, I had to give the books to my sister to start mailing them because there were so many trips every day to the mailbox, which is a blessing. We're, we're enjoying all the the stories that guys are sharing with us about the successes of it and all of that. Um, You know, for Christmas, man, if you're looking for a gift for a guy in your life or one of your sons or somebody that may have walked away from the faith, it's a great idea to give them where they could start working their way back into a relationship with Christ and walking towards virtue, especially if they're living a life full of ice right now. So you can give that at Christmas or, you know, New Year resolutions, right? I want to start over. I want to be better. I want to be different. Well, this is a way that you can you can put your money where your mouth is. And I don't mean spending it on the thing. I just mean taking action on that desire mm-hmm. to be better, right? So you can sign up for The Narrow Road by going to justagotontheview.com and going to our community and signing up there. So that's everything I wanted to go over. You know, we're as I said, we're getting closer to Christmas. We're, um, what, a Sunday or two away now, I think. And I'm just really excited for that. And to answer the question of this guy, you know, he's talking about all the waiting. Um, and I found that interesting. I was like, you know, at first I thought, well, you know, it's a pretty simple concept, right? I mean, we're waiting on Christ to come. and uh, But as we talked about last week, there's the three comings of Christ, right? Mm-hmm. The one where, where he takes on flesh and is born into the manger and, and you know, uh, come, becomes, you know, the savior of the world in the flesh. And then you have... The second coming, which is always in grace and sacraments and all the things in the church, the way that Jesus comes to us. And then you have the second coming where um, it's the second coming of Christ, right? The return that he talks about so often in the scriptures and and basically warns people about, right? And the way that they need to live their life. So, you know, waiting is central to the season of Advent. And, but it's not just an Advent, right? Like I started looking at this when I read his question and I'm like, 
Man, there's a lot of waiting in the Bible. Sure. Yeah, the themes throughout the scriptures, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's all over the place. I mean, there's a lot in the Old Testament. The Israelites were waiting on liberate, you know, liberation from Egypt. Uh, they were waiting on being able to enter the promised land for 40 years wandering in the desert. You know, they waited forever on the Messiah to come. Um, you know, John the Baptist waited in the desert, you know, until it was his time to start preaching and baptizing and, you know, waited for the, for the arrival of Christ so he could, you know, then push his followers towards Jesus, you know, and say, follow him. Um, Christ himself waited 30 years to start his ministry. I mean, you could just think about so much. Elizabeth and Zachariah, you know, had to wait until they were older to have a child in John the Baptist. Um, as we said, we wait for Christ to come at Christmas and we certainly wait for his second coming. So when you look at all this, you know, waiting is, is something that as human beings, we don't like to do, right? Mm -hmm. Like we don't like to wait. I mean, just look around. If you're waiting on a table in a restaurant, everybody has their cell phones out. If you're in the doctor's office, everybody's got their cell phones out. You know, I can think of all the trips where we were going to Disneyland or somewhere and like every five minutes, you know, are we there yet? You know, and people getting restless and right. annoyed. Or, or that line where it says an hour and a half from here, this point in Disney World. Yeah, that's and right. And you're going, oh my gosh. But then all of a sudden, you know, it, it, you kind of finally get there and you forget how long that wait was because you enjoyed the ride, you know? Yeah. Things. So, or you're looking at the mile markers and you think you're almost there and then you realize the mile markers just leading you to that next destination and yeah. they start over again when you right. go out the other side of the city. Yeah, that, that was always annoying. <laughs> but that's the thing, like, we're not good at waiting. You know, we get impatient, we get bored, we get distracted, we look for things to entertain us, we lose our patience. Mm -hmm. And that's kind of like what happens in our life as Christians, too. You know, we're waiting on the second coming, but a lot of times we even forget that there's a second coming, right? Until you hear it in the scriptures, because we get so bogged down in life and looking at what's in front of us and what we're doing right here in the now, which it's good to be present. But we're always supposed to keep a mind on that second coming of Christ. That's why he says over and over again, like, you don't know the hour, right? I mean, he says that um, you must be prepared for an hour. You do not expect the, the Son of Man will come. That's Matthew 24, 44. Right before that, he says, therefore, stay awake, for you do not know on which day your Lord will come. That kind of falls to the back of our memory because we just, honestly, we're not worried about it because... I don't know if it's we don't believe that it's really going to happen or right. it just seems like, okay, I've been hearing that forever and nothing's happened. How do we know it's in our generation? How do we know it's in our lifetime? But no matter any of those questions, like the Lord has still told us to, to be ready for that. And so the problem with waiting a lot of times is you get sick of waiting and you get sick of being anxious and, you know, and all of those things. So you start to look for those other things to distract you. And before you know it, it hasn't become important to you anymore because you've lost yourselves in other things like the chores around the house right. when you're going to intend to do them. And then you turn on a episode of something on Netflix and 10 hours later, you're on episode 12 and, and the laundry's still sitting there, right? Like right. you just forget about the things you're supposed to be doing. Well, another aspect too, I think about this as you were going along in the list you know, there's also a lot of parables about waiting, but another one parable that stuck out to me is the prodigal son, not about the son, but the father waited. Yeah. So really God waits for us to, to have our hearts turned back towards him. Yeah. And that's his mercy. You know, he's always making sure that we're always trying to, to just, Hey, just, just look at me. I want to see your gaze of, of that. You love me that, you know, and, and I want you to be with me for eternity. And I think that's the compassion and the mercy that we don't always focus on. And that's part of the waiting. Yeah. No, I think you're exactly right. And, and, and the thing is, waiting to us, it, it, it becomes like we, we don't understand the purpose of it, right? Mm -hmm. Like when we're, when we're sitting in a doctor's office and we had an appointment at 1015 and you're there at 10 and then you don't get seen to 1130, you're sitting in the, in the waiting area going, why do they tell me to be here 
at this time, if nothing happens, like every single time I come, it's an hour and a half later. Do these folks not care about my time, right? Like what if they, I had something I did and made them wait an hour and a half and, mm-hmm. you know, and, and we get irritated because waiting for us, we don't, we don't understand the purpose of it. Right. And, and so I started to think about that and, and what is the purpose of waiting? Well, first of all, it's a gift from God when you're talking about waiting on the second coming, right. because if he came right now, most of us would probably be going to hell. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, to be honest with you, if, if he showed up right now, Think of how many sins we probably haven't reconciled with. How long has it been since we've been to confession? When's the last time we've been to Mass? Have we skipped a a Sunday Mass? There's so many things that could happen right now if he came back where basically a mortal sin or or you haven't been reconciled or you haven't given your your soul to him, your life to to him. And and so that waiting period is a gift because the thing is you're not supposed to be waiting. Mm -hmm. The purpose of waiting is so we can prepare. That's the point of, of waiting when it comes to the second coming of Christ and, and to Advent, right? You hear in, in homilies in this time of year, we're preparing our hearts. We're preparing, uh, you know, our homes. We're preparing our very minds and souls for the coming of Christ. And so this is what this is all about. And, you know, if you look at it, there's some quotes from some some awesome people in the, in the church, you know, some saints like St. Uh, Irenaeus. And I don't know if I said that right because Deacon Jeff corrected me earlier and I yeah. can't remember which one's right. I think but, you're right. But yeah. I said that one. But that's what we're going with. But he said, the business of the Christian is nothing else but to be ever preparing for death. Like, think about that. If you Mm -hmm. read that, like, that's a kind of solemn quote. Like, man, that's the point of life, to prepare to die. Man, I was happy when I read that now. (laughs) But what he's saying is, like, you're supposed to be preparing for what comes next, right? And preparing, like, being ready so that you don't. It's only temporary what we're doing here. Yeah, Right. So you you don't step off that cliff and go somewhere you don't want to, right? Like, this is preparing the way that the Lord told us. You know, in the way that Paul talks so much about preparing our mind and renewing our mind and, and, and preparing our, our very selves. And how many times, like in, I think it's Philippians in the opening, he's praying, you know, and telling his people how he prays for them, that they'll be ready at the coming mm-hmm. of Christ, the time of Christ, when he returns in his mercy. So this is this is what we have to understand is that that we are preparing to die. That like we're not sitting here on this earth just doing stuff to be doing it. Like this time is a gift. This period of waiting is a time to prepare for preparation. So, um, you know, the thing is, it's, it's just like all those people in the Bible, we have to start preparing and that's what they were really doing. And, you know, you look even at like having a child, you Mm -hmm. know, for nine months, why does it take nine months to to have a baby? Well, scientifically, we know it's to gestate and grow and all those things, but like, that's also a period so we can learn how to be a parent. You know, or you can read some books. You can talk to your parents. You can start to ready Those the house. And children are expensive, so you got to save up for That's everything. Right. Yeah, <laughs> you start baby proofing everything, right, right? right? Putting the things in the socket so they don't electrocute themselves, and you know, attaching dressers and things to the wall so they can't pull them down, mm-hmm. and all of those things. And and so there's there's preparation periods in our life. Like we can look at it like I'm waiting for this child to come. You certainly are. But if you're smart, you're preparing, you know, and you're not, the baby's not going to show up and go, man, we don't have a crib. We don't have diapers. We don't have anything. Right. Right. And that's, that's how we don't want to be like those, uh, the, the maidens that had, that ran out of oil, you know, and they left to go get more and, and whoops, Jesus showed up, you know, and at mm-hmm. that time they get back and they're beating on the door and he's like, no, I don't know you. You're, you're, yeah. you're not ready. You're not here. Sorry. We don't want to be cast out like that. So, you know, if you look back at these periods that we talked about in the, in the scriptures and in the Bible, especially in the old Testament, like these, God was preparing these people, or they were preparing, right? Mm-hmm. So, with the Israelites waiting on liberation from Egypt, that was a period of God raising up Moses, right? Like eventually readying someone to be able to lead them, mm-hmm. you know, and to teach them and to 
to to introduce them to him, you know, to God himself. And that's what Moses was, you know. I mean, he he had to go through the period where he, he killed the guy and he ran away and he argued with God about he wasn't the right person and all of those things. But yet that that waiting there to be liberated was so God could raise someone up, prepare someone to lead them. You know, you look at um, in the promised land, right? When they come out of Egypt, we know the story. They the Exodus, they're they're walking around, and all of a sudden they're grumbling and they're and they lose their their gratitude and and their humility. They get very prideful about mm-hmm. what they should have and what belongs to them. They, you know, they make a false you know idol in the golden calf when Moses goes up to get the directions and the commandments from for their people from God. And like you wonder, it's like why were they wandering around the desert for forty freaking years? Right. It's because God's like, well, yeah. I'm preparing you. Right, like right, you're not yeah. ready to have. You don't deserve this, right? right? You don't. You, you're not ready for what's going to happen here. You know, and there was a lot of other things they had to clear out other peoples and, and the battles and the fights and the kingdoms they had to had to take over and things like that. But but I mean, God was preparing that people to receive what it was that He was giving them. Um, you know, on the Messiah. You know, the, the Israelites waited forever on the Messiah. And, and from their point of view, they still are. But, you know, from what we look at, here is Christ who's come. And, and the point of that waiting was 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 preparing, right? Mm-hmm. Like John the Baptist was preparing the way for Christ. And, you know, that's why he had to wait in the desert, right? He was out there preparing and he got to a certain age before he went into, I think it says 15 years went by before he was started to go into the desert and started to right. pray and prepare himself. And he's out there, you know, eating stuff that would make a billy goat puke and like mm-hmm. all of those things in preparation to be ready to start baptizing and to start telling people about Christ and then eventually waiting for Christ to show up that day when he was baptized so he could send his followers with him. So, I mean, you could continue to go through these that we mentioned and see all these places where there was waiting. But if you look deeper than that, it was always preparation, either on the part of the people or God giving them time, you know, where, where he was preparing them for wow. him. I think I think we're somewhat pretty good at preparing for what's in front of us. Like we're always preparing for like, you know, sending our kids to school, make sure they have all the things they need for lunch and all that stuff, homework done, all that stuff. Sure. Even the small daily tasks we're prepared to finish. Or like saving up for retirement, you know, or or saving up to buy a new car, a new house. I mean we, we know the process to be prepared for that. But what we lack is preparing for the next life. And and that's the most important thing. And sure. for some reason we just we don't make that connection as we should every day. You know, that's why living here in the now, you said, is, is, is a gift. That's why they call it the present. Yeah, you know, so it's right. very important that we kind of focus on what we're doing right now at this very time. We even listen to what we're saying, but also the days continuing in your life. You know, make every day count. You know, make every day know that you pray to the Lord, knowing that I'm going to do the best I can to this day. Yeah. You know, and, and fulfill as best you can. Well, that's what everything is about. I mean, you read, when you read the scriptures, it's all in the New Testament. It's all about repenting. We've talked about it a million times. You know, repentance. It's talking about understanding. There's a different way of life that God calls us to, and then the rest is on us, right? Mm-hmm. Like God gives us that choice. I mean, there's the choice of of um, free will, right? I mean, that's why we have free will, so that we there's good and evil. I mean, they, you don't have a choice without two options, and so we have the choice in our life to say, okay, well, I know these facts. I know these to be, you know, what what the, our church believes to be true. Now it's up to me to act on them, right? Like this, my salvation has been one, the opportunity for salvation through Christ's sacrifice on the cross for him giving his life. But I still have to be active in that plan of salvation. I have to choose him right. and I have to live my life. And and one day, which is lost on us, because I think a lot of times, I don't say it's a loss, but we forget about it easy because I think it's hard to comprehend like standing in front of someone and being thrown into a fiery pit or going into a heavenly place. It's just hard for our minds to fathom. But 
there's truth in that. Like Jesus, if you believe one thing that Jesus said, you have to believe all of it, right? Mm-hmm. And so what he says about all these things, if we know they're true, then the only thing that keeps us from those is for is failing to surrender, is failing to truly give ourselves to them. So that's what we have to start doing. And and we do that through that preparation. And you know, here's another quote from Pope Francis. It says, the whole journey of life is a journey of preparation to see, to feel, to understand the beauty of what lies ahead of that homeland towards which we walk. And that's kind of way, it's a beautiful way to look at it. Like we're on this journey that started the day we were born. And, you know, for a lot of your young life, you're surrounded by family and those that love you and those that are leading you and trying to keep you in the faith. And, but at some point that decision comes to you, right? And at some point that, that there is no one else to blame mm-hmm. if we, if we are found unworthy to be with God forever, right? If we, if we haven't repented, there's no one else to blame. It's, it's on us. It's not on Catholic schools. It's not on, um, all these are circumstances in life. It's on us to get up every day and make sure that Jesus is a, the priority in our life, and that we're living for Him in the way that He's called us to. Uh, you know, there's a lot, there's a verse in James. It's James five seven through eight. A couple verses that says, "Be patient, therefore, brothers, until the coming of the Lord. See how the farmer waits for the precious fruit of the earth, being patient about it until it receives the early and the late rains. You also be patient. Establish your hearts, for the coming of the Lord is at hand." What he means by establish your heart is what we're talking about, is is making that stance in your life that Jesus is going to be the most important thing, and I'm going to live my life no matter what situation I'm in, no matter what people I'm around, no matter what job I have. Like my faith is going to be the thing in my life, and living it out. You know, we've talked about it before in the gut check episodes and things like that, where Jesus, you know, when we're talking about the houses on rock and sand, those who listen to my words and do them and heed them. Right, it's about us preparing ourselves by our actions, by our choices, to to be with Him forever. So we have to stop looking at all this stuff like waiting. I mean, we are waiting in Advent for the coming of Christ. Yes, I get it, mm-hmm. but we need to focus more on the preparation part of that. And it goes far beyond Advent, as we talked about last week. It's a constant preparation in our life. And so if we don't take that seriously, you know, we we never know. Tomorrow's not promised. Right, I was reading uh, yesterday. One of my favorite NFL players ever, Demarius Thomas, died 33 years old in his house. NFL player retired, tons of money, got everything you could want in your life, and dies of a health issue. Right, it wasn't a drug overdose or anything like that, from what they could tell. It was some sort of just random health issue, mm-hmm. and they found him dead in his house. 33. Yeah, like we're not promised anything other than the return of the Lord, and one day we're going to die. That's it, and so. Are we always at a place in our life where we feel like if I were to go tomorrow, if the Lord calls me home today, if I'm hit by a car or I just drop dead in my sleep, am I ready to meet the Lord, right? Is my heart in the right place? And that's, God wants us to have all those opportunities to be that way. That's why we have confession. That's why we have the Eucharist. That's why we have, you know, the anointing of the sick and all these other sacraments is the Lord is trying to do everything he can in his infinite mercy and his love for us to be there with him, right? To have our life ready, to be prepared Mm -hmm. and stand ready for his return or for our demise, whichever comes first, right? Right. right. And so, you know, let's talk a little bit about how to do this. Um, You know, how do we prepare? Because people always say, well, that's great. I need to prepare, but how, right? What do I need to be doing? Well, one, we have to come to know the Lord, right? He has said, no one comes to the Father except through me, right? And so, what does that mean? That means we have to get to know him. We need a relationship with him that we find through the sacraments, through the gifts of the church, but we need to be uh, in, in a regular prayer life, 
right? Talking to him every day, trying to grow in our knowledge of him and our conversation and listening to him. Not forgetting that a lot of prayer is silence, not just talking, right? And, and receiving, not, not just giving words out to God, but spending time in his word too, right? Reading scriptures, looking at what the saints have to say, going through all of these things to try to always you know, open up our understanding, our knowledge of the faith, our knowledge of what Christ is asking for us. But we find that so fruitfully in the scriptures. And that's why I push everybody in the narrow road and in our conversations to to start reading the Bible in a relational way, right? And what is God saying to me so that you can get the the basically marching orders for your life every day. So there's that. There's by making the sacraments part of our daily life, like we talked about a couple minutes ago, is, look, you got the Eucharist every day, multiple times a day, around the world, anywhere you are. That's what I love about our faith. Mm-hmm. You can go on vacation, and you can go to church every morning and still get the same thing you get at home, right? And and, and that is Christ giving us his, us his very self so that we have the strength to continue on preparing, so that we have a reminder of who it is that we live for and who it is that we love. Um, by seeking the selflessness and the love of neighbor that Christ calls us to, by actively seeking to die to self all the time, by choosing to to put others before ourselves. I mean, that's Christ's central message, right? Is love that, love God and love your neighbor. So we start actually practicing that. And again, that's one of the purposes of the narrow road is to get our focus off of ourselves in this interior retreat, this mindfulness, if you will, of ourselves and putting ourselves out on other people and, and making them our focus. Um, by selling out for him and allowing him to become the reason we do every single thing in our lives. Like that's really the key to this. And that's why you need a relationship with him. If you love someone, just think about your wife or your kids, you'll do anything for them, right? They're the most important thing in your life. And that has to be what Jesus is. And that's when this starts to click and where everything starts to make sense. And it doesn't seem as hard because you're doing something out of love and a yearning to know someone better and to develop a greater relationship rather than a list of rules and things that you're doing just to be doing them because somebody told you to. You're doing them out of love. And finally, just completely surrendering to him and truly trusting him. The hardest thing for anyone to do is to truly give your life fully and completely to him and trust that he loves you and that he has your best in mind all the time. So that's that's the things I would say how to. And it sounds simple. It sounds easy. It sounds like the same thing we say every time. And guess what it is? Because it doesn't change. God has laid out the ways for us to come to know him and to love him. And so all we have to do is just agree to do it. So, all right, Victor, I hear that music. Look, waiting can be hard in any circumstance, especially when waiting for the return of the Lord. Let's not look at it as waiting anymore, but as a time for preparation. So let's take the prayer in the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Lord Jesus, you have told us many times that you will come back. One day at an unknown hour, you're going to return to judge the living and the dead. Help us to keep from becoming distracted or disinterested in this period of waiting. And Lord, whenever we find ourselves growing impatient, remind us that the wait is a gift and an opportunity to truly prepare for your return. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, amen. Thanks for listening to Just a Guy in the Pew. To find out more about John Edwards or have him come to speak to your parish, group, or conference, go to justaguyinthepew.com or send us an email at justaguyinthepew at gmail.com.